So what if all of a sudden you decided that you need to be a stand-up comic? You're doing something else, but all of a sudden you need to be a stand-up comic. What do you do about that? Well, our friend Edgar Zandoval knows how to do that. And we're going to find out next because John and Nancy are still talking. All right, we're joined uh, on the podcast today by our good friend Edgar Sandoval, who you will probably know at least in central Illinois from television. Edgar was uh, with WEEK Television uh, on the news there and and being a reporter for how long, Edgar? How long were you on the at uh, EEK? Uh, honestly, I was only there about eighteen months. Well, and he was on MBD too. Oh, he you're was on, on WMBD as, well. as well. Yeah, because I worked with that's where Nancy and I worked together. Oh, yeah. We okay. worked together at WMBD TV for. Yeah, for a while. So Edgar was on television locally for a while, and then he did what uh, all the great Peoria area television personalities do. They go to work for Caterpillar <laughs> <laughs> or, or OSF, Eventually. one of the two. I mean, he had a, you had a little bout where you did go out to California, and you worked out there yeah. for a bit in TV. In it's between. So I was at uh, WMED with Nancy, and, and we worked uh, some weekends together. That was always fun. And then uh, KSBW in uh, Salinas, Monterey, California market, and then back to WEK. Outstanding. So, so you're out in Salinas, and and you're you're hanging out there. And um, uh, it says here on your bio that you decided to do a comedy night in Dallas, Texas, for some reason. Like Tell, what was that story? Night, yeah. Yeah. So I was traveling uh, for work, and I saw they had an open mic, and uh, I jumped on, decided to do it, and uh, it didn't go well. Uh, it was really not good, and I thought, okay, well, that was an itch that I scratched, and uh, didn't think much of it. I mean, always wanted to do it, uh, so I thought, okay, check that off. So on that, well, then, Edgar, uh, I'm going to say Edgar has always been a performer. Like even when we were doing TV news, he always you were always really creative and doing these features, but it was like a lot of like the performance, the theater of it. Wouldn't you agree? Um, Edgar. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Nancy. And I love to do those features. Uh, stories about uh, guys picking up a second job, picking up dog poop. Um, <laughs> stories right. about dry cleaning. Uh, those kinds of stories, you know, are always fun for me. And I think this was just a natural progression. The old hubcap house, uh, that was, you know, all those stories were so much fun for me. And, and this was, you know, like I said, something I'd always wanted to try. But I, I and I speak from experience because I, I work, as a stand-up comic for a while. Now, I worked as a stand-up comic in the 80s, so it was really hard to make a living. There was no place to play. I mean, we had... When I was doing stand-up, there were two comedy clubs, basically, in Chicago. There was Zany's downtown, and there was Who's on First in Elmhurst. And that those were the people that would actually pay you to be a comic. Most of the time, we were opening for bands. We were... It was mm-hmm. the colleges... It was really hard. It was hard yeah. to do. It's, you know, so, and not, but as Edgar will tell you, no, that you, so you did your open mic night, you did your comedy thing. There's nothing harder than stand up comedy, is there? No, it, it's pretty tough. You know, you know, back to like what Nancy and I did in the news, you know, when you present the news, whether you're anchoring or reporting or whatever, um, how it's received is just how it's received. Uh, when you do a stand up, if, if you're not doing well, you know, and you know right away. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well. I know, you know right away. I always tell, I, I always say that people in, in any kind of broadcasting, you know, on the radio or television or anything, yeah. you should do about a solid couple of months as a stand up comic because it changes your perception of your audience. So, and so, well, and the thing is, the thing is that you learn more from bombing than you do from doing well, honestly. You know, it's one of those things where. 
and how do I re-engage the audience? Yeah. You know, what material do I need to go to next so that, you know, this, this isn't a really painful, you know, 15 or 20 minutes, depending on, on, on the night. Yes, so that's very true. We that, do learn more that way. So yeah. after Nancy and I learn first, from bombing every morning. Yeah, we do, actually. <laughs> so after your first mic uh, night went pretty awful, and then you said you waited like six years before, and then, so then what changed? Because that's what I find amazing, like, we're in the same age range, but this is kind of like a second, a second uh, career for you. Or I don't know, like you're like later in life, you're like, I got to do something different. Like what happened that you got back into it? Yeah. So I'd seen the ad for the contest at the jukebox comedy club. Dan Collin holds a contest every year. And uh, I just, it, I just wanted to do it. I mean, always wanted to do this. Right. But it was one of those things where just never, the time was never right. And, and I did the contest and I did okay. Uh, but it was just one of those things where I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought, okay, well, I'll start going to open mics and start doing that. And uh, then started, you know, getting some spots on some showcases. And then all of a sudden some guest spots for touring comedians and then eventually featuring. So it was just it's a progression where you know, if you keep putting in the work and you keep working on the material, um, you know, good things will happen. And the thing is people don't get, you know, you do a joke once, and that's not it, right? Like, you have to keep working through it and reworking it and seeing how people react and, and working through the timing. And so to, to, to really develop, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, it takes a lot of time. You know, it's, it's not just you do it once and, and it's done. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are, you know, brilliant comedians who, who are able to, you know, knock it out pretty quick like that. But, I mean, I think for most of us, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a matter of working through it. We're talking with our friend Edgar Sandoval, who was was local TV here in uh, in Peoria and then was TV out in California and then all of a sudden decided later in life to become a stand-up comic. And I, I just want to know, Edgar, how bad was that first open mic that it kept you away from comedy for six years? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was pretty rough, you know? I, I don't think I understood. I mean, I have the story. Uh, the story I did was um, I was on a different work trip a few years before that, and I was... Um, in Mexico, and we were coming back the next day uh, after our shoot, and uh, they scanned my passport, and all of a sudden, and this is, this is true, uh, lights start going off, and sirens start going off, and all the screens in the, in the hallway to America are blinking with the words, armed and dangerous. Whoa! And, yes, this is, this is for real. And so, you know, the, the, uh, the officers, they'll swarm me, they, they handcuffed me, they took me out back, they... Uh, they were interrogating me for more than an hour. Uh, and so it was very painful at the time, but eventually it was like, you know, I want to tell this story and I want to tell the story on stage. And, and yeah, it, it, it didn't go well the first time, but eventually that became, you know, a bit that I did so I could, you know, kind of work through some of that, you know, oh it was, it was, did you ever find out who the Edgar Sandoval they were looking for was? Mm -hmm. I didn't, but I will tell you that, uh, in future years, uh, I would keep getting stopped when I'd come back into the country internationally, which which is funny because I'm like, wait a second, on the way out, you don't care, but on the way back in, I'm getting detained every time. Yeah. Uh, not not to that extent, but uh, one time I was uh, at an airport, and um, I'm being detained, and, and they call me up, and then the guy brings another guy over, and they look at the picture, and they don't start laughing. And I'm like, I know, it looks nothing like me. They'll never let me see the picture, but it was one of those things where <laughs> it was clearly mistaken identity, but they couldn't clear me out of the system. Wow. So it seemed like a decade. You know, it was like every time I came back from a, 
in a work trip out of the country. It was like, oh, okay, well, this is going to take a little bit longer for me. So besides wrongful detention, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you find funny? I yeah, mean, where, where, where do you pull your material from? Uh, you know, a lot of it is uh, it's from my family, uh, stuff with my wife, stuff with my kids, um, and maybe some of the awkward things that happen where you're an ethnic minority in this country. Uh, there, there are definitely things that are funny there. And, you know, a lot of times it'll be, you know, a funny thing that happened to me or happened to a friend that, you know, I can rework and, and make it, you know, a little funnier or even absurd, and, and that's uh, most of my material. I, uh, I work clean, mostly clean, um, because that's just kind of uh, where I am in life. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, where the, that's where the bits come from. Speaking of your wife and your four children, what did your wife say when you all of a sudden said, Honey, I think I want to fill my weekends with, um, and you're a soccer coach too, so I imagine you're pretty busy. But honey, I want to fill my weekend nights with, uh, you know, comedi- uh, comedy clubs and traveling the state and traveling around. What'd she say about that? Yeah, I mean, at first, <laughs> at first she was pretty resistant to it. She she has been very supportive. Um, I mean, she jokes that you know all my friends are now you know <laughs> these these comedians who are much younger. Um, you know, that's what I'm doing my time. Um, you know, it's actually very satisfying for me, Nancy, because, you know, she doesn't think I'm funny. Ah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, so now, like Perfect. this fall when I was at the Civic Center opening for Charlie Barron, she had to endure 2,000 people laughing at me. So, I love uh, it. It's, uh, it's kind of a win. That is awesome. <laughs> so so what, 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 was that your biggest show ever? I mean, how, what's the biggest, biggest performance you've done so far? Yeah, that was my biggest, and uh, oh my gosh, guys, you know, to, to do, a, do a show and, and do well in front of that many people yeah. was just like, if I never get to do it again, you know, I was able to do it once, and it was it was just fantastic, and, and Charlie couldn't have been uh, more kind, more gracious, more supportive, and, and, and it, was, it was a lot of fun. Okay, so you don't have to say Charlie Barron's, but I'm interested, because we were talking around the office yesterday just about our favorite comedians, we see a bunch of comedians on TikTok, we... You know, we get sucked in. Who are your like top three favorite comedians right now? Can you can you pinpoint? Yeah, you know it changes as, as things come out. But you know, right now, I think the the three comedians I enjoy most, you know, like on Netflix, uh, John Mulaney, uh, Joe Coy, and and really Taylor Tomlinson, who I just saw in Las Vegas live uh, when I was out there in February doing some shows, and I did a show, and then I ran over to, to watch a show, and that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, she is fantastic. She was here. I think in November. Taylor oh my Tomlinson. Gosh, oh, she's yeah. great. She really is great. And 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 she's kind of like there's a couple other comics that are kind of working in that same mode with her. Kelsey Cook comes to mind. And uh, who is that guy that you like? Matt Rife. Matt Rife. So <laughs> and, here, and here's what here's what I get from from the modern comedy. So I mentioned that when I did stand up, but I'm old. But when I did stand up in the '80s, you didn't have a place to play. I mean, the only people that were getting famous were on Johnny Carson or. You know, on uh, David Letterman or yeah. maybe even, uh, uh, you know, some of the afternoon talk show kind of stuff. You just didn't have the, the venue. But now, like I just read yesterday that Kelsey Cook was this young comic. She hit a million views on her comedy special on YouTube. A million. And she's just a marketer, right? That's what she's funny. Yeah. But she also has to market constantly. What's your percentage of performance to marketing yourself these days, Edgar? Performance to market myself, you know. Um, so it's really interesting to me because a lot of people I will feature for these touring comics who've you know been world warriors for many years. Um, you know, it's just a very different world that they came up in. To, to your point, right? You know, 
back in the day you were trying to get an HBO special um, and 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 those kinds of some cable cable shows. But now with with, with the internet and YouTube and, and all different apps, um, you know, there's opportunity for these 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 comedians to, to build their career that way, and it's it's really kind of fascinating. You know, uh, to your point, um, you know, if you put something up on YouTube, and I mean, you're, you're going to get a lot of hits, and, and there's there's money to be made there too, right? It's it's just it's not the traditional way of doing things, uh, and unfortunately, I can't really embrace. It. I haven't really embraced it, you know. Like I, you know, do I have TikTok? Yeah. Have I put nine videos out? Yeah. That's <laughs> it. You know, there, there are people. There are people who are constantly putting up yeah. content, and that's and that's time. how that's how they do it. But I mean, you know, I'm still I'm still in a very part time mode with this. Yeah. Um. But but you know, one day. Well, that's we'll my see, next. One day. That's my next question. You do a lot of performing, like Jukebox Comedy Club. You said Mason City Limits, Donnie B's in Springfield, and then. See you comedy in Champaign-Urbana. You travel the state a little bit. So where ultimately do you want this to end for you, you know, for yourself? Do you want it to be even bigger? You know, Nancy, I don't know. I, um, I just enjoy doing it, right? Like, it's really just about the laughs and, and the feeling, you know, you're giving the audience that night and yeah. the feeling you get from it. Okay. You know, if it goes anywhere, I mean, great. I don't really have a plan. Um, you know, one day when I retire from my full-time job, I'm going to do this more. I'd love to do cruise ships because, quite honestly, uh, I'm getting to the age where I think I'm I'm very relatable to that that audience, right, of sure. the cruise ships. Yeah. Um, and then okay. that comes with a vacation, right? You're you're only working a little bit each day. Yeah. It's not like they're making you you know do stand up and swap the decks. Yeah. That's a man with a plan right there. I, I, I like, like that. It. That's awesome. And when you're working cruise ships, they really can't walk out on you. They got no place to go. <laughs> no, they're kind of stuck. Right. They're a captive audience. That is awesome. Edgar Sandoval, thanks for spending us a couple minutes. Where uh, where are you playing uh, next? Uh, you got, any, got anything on the horizon locally? Uh, nothing locally soon. Um, I'll be in Springfield in a couple of weeks and Bloomington that weekend, and then I'll be at the Elm in LaGrange um, middle of May. Excellent. So I've Fun. got a lot of soccer coming up right now, so I'm <laughs> dialing back just a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, well, that's what I've got coming up. Do you have like a list somewhere? Do you have like a website or something that people can see where you're going to be if they want to check you out? Uh, mostly my Facebook page, but I have a, an Edgar Sandoval comedy website, which, you know, to what you're saying, Nancy, before I am really bad at updating it. So Well, here's to a successful soccer yeah. season, Edgar, and I hope you get some great new material from those kids because, man, that's a, that's a, that's a gold mine right there. Oh, absolutely. That's for sure. Parents and too. And uh, uh, now you can uh, cite your greatest achievement as being on the John and Nancy Are Still Talking podcast, right? That goes right to the top. Hey, I had a lot of fun. I'm really glad you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Edgar. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Edgar. Enjoy your day. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Right. Our friend Edgar Sandoval, who is uh, on TV locally and now is pursuing a, a partial later-in-life career as a stand-up I comic. It. I tell you, uh, to his point, it is so satisfying to do a stand-up comedy set. It's it's like Make no other. Laugh, it's like right. no other performance in the world because again, it's immediate reaction. You're getting right. this immediate reaction, and if you win, if you do a great job, makes you feel good. You walk out of there going, "I am him." You know what I mean? We're great. <laughs> well, anyway, cool. uh, that's great. I love it when our friends make good and and uh, continue to pursue their dreams, and we'll learn about more of that uh, kind of stuff as we move forward. Because if you keep listening, we'll keep talking. See you next time. Bye.